I've got so much to get into today. I'm realizing I never talked about Saltburn. I never talked about Cockfight. I never talked about Atypical. Oh my god, I never talked about Atypical. That's crazy. Um, what else? I never talked about The Falls Boys, I think is what the novel is called. The Fall Boys. The Falls Boys. I need to look at that right this very moment, actually. Hold on. The Falls Boys is indeed what this novel is called. Um, we've got a lot of art to digest today and to discuss, but first I want to talk about what I <laughs> talk about, I feel like, very often on this podcast, and that is the war inside me. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Um... I just feel like there is this ambivalence that follows me everywhere and has since I was born. And I think that it's a big reason why, one, it's so hard for me to talk about how I'm feeling because it's so contradictory every time, every fucking time. And two, I think it's why it's so hard for me to feel close to somebody or to feel like somebody understands me because again like I am just a walking contradiction truly in every way shape and form and even I don't know how to explain it I don't I don't know how to make other people understand it and a big part of that is because I don't understand it I don't I don't know how to explain how I'm feeling because I don't get it I don't get it. I know, I know that two things can be true at the same time, but like two polarizing things can be true at the same time. I mean, yeah, they can. But anyways, that's besides the point. What I want to say is I'm in this really strange mood right now and I don't hate it. In fact, I'm kind of enjoying it. Is it bad to say that? I don't know. I did not work at all last week. As you guys know, when I have too much time off work, I am violently mentally ill. Was I violently mentally ill last week? No. I know. Shocking. But genuinely, I wasn't. Was I showing slight signs of mental illness? Yes. Yes. I wasn't going to bed until five in the morning. So, that's concerning. Um, <laughs> there were some signs, but I wasn't down bad. I wasn't down bad at all. Well, I wouldn't say at all, obviously. But anyways, see, I, I can't even, I can't even. What am I trying to say here? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, thank Jamie. Thank. This week has been strange because I've been home with my thoughts a lot, but I haven't been spiraling. And I'm about to start my period too, which as you all know, I have PMDD. And most of the time before my period comes, I'm spiraling. This week was the perfect storm for me to spiral. I don't know why I haven't yet. And I need to knock on wood immediately before I do start spiraling. Oh my god, I just almost knocked everything over. Was that a sign? <sighs> Y'all know I'm a sign, bitch. Was that a sign? I went to knock on wood and about drenched myself in 60 ounces of water because my water bottle was sitting wide open and I knocked it hard with my hand. <sighs> Anyways, before I stress myself out and start thinking about that too much... um. <laughs> This week has been strange, and it's because while there is half of me that's like, 
oh my God, you need to be doing more. You need to be working more. You need to be making more money. If you do not get a second job right this instant and start having a consistent income, the world will catch on fire. There's also a part of me that is proud of myself. And I think part of this has to do with the fact that I just reread my journal and my quarterly goals and my goals for last year because I am the kind of person where, and I think most people feel this way, I'm not special in this instance, okay? I think a lot of people feel this way and this is why I push journaling on people so heavily because oh my god has it changed my life. I'm going to project every time when it comes to journaling and force everybody to buy a journal because it literally fixed my life, okay? That's dramatic, but also kind of true. Anyways, I am definitely the kind of person where I feel like my 20s have passed me by and I'm scared, (laughs) okay? I'm going to be honest. I'm really scared that I'm going to be miserable my whole life. That is a true, genuine fear of mine. And now that I'm 26, I turned 27 this year. That is a grown-ass age. Telling people I'm 27 is crazy, but also like 27 sounds kind of sexy. Anyways, that's not the point. I'm very ADHD right now. It's the middle of the night. Can you tell? It's one in the morning. Um, (laughs) That's not the point. That's not the point. You're back to the point, Jamie. The point is I have not thoroughly enjoyed my 20s and there is this fear in the back of my head that I'll always be miserable that is really dark. But it's the truth. I was a miserable ass kid, a miserable ass child. As you all know, my very first memory is of me being a depressed pre-Ker. That is my very first thing that I remember. Um, so I don't think it's a super invalid fear to feel that way. And As I was getting older, I remember around like 17 reading my journal entries from like me as a 14 year old and the goals that I had at 14 were the exact same as the ones that I had at 17 and I still hadn't done them. And then that happened again when I turned 21 and I'm like looking at my old journals and I'm like, damn, the things that I want right now are the same thing that I wanted when I was 17. And this drove me a little bit crazy. (laughs) And every time I think about it, or would think about it, it would drive me crazy. I would be so stressed out and I'd be like, oh my God, I haven't accomplished anything. I haven't accomplished anything. I've had the same goals for forever. Nothing's changing. And to be fair, when it comes to my hobbies, that's definitely true. I've always wanted to really take piano seriously and get good at it. Have I done that? No. I've gone through phases where I've taught myself songs and I've learned things here and there, but have I really learned it? No. As an adult, I've really wanted to learn Spanish. I'm like desperate to be fluent in Spanish. Have I taken any serious moves to doing that? No, I play Duolingo. Like, come on. You're not going to be fluent in Spanish from Duolingo. You're just simply, that's not going to happen. Um, And there's other things like therapy. I've wanted to be in therapy since I was 14 and I'm 26. I've had over a decade to get that done. Have I? No. And so there's always been these things in my life where I'm like, these are repeating and you're not getting them done and you're getting older and you're still not doing these things and you're miserable and your life is going to be miserable forever because you won't just do these things. And it's hard too because I really, I know, again, this is going to sound very contradictory right now. I really do love myself and deep down, I know that I can be great and I can be really good and I can do a lot. And I really do think I'm that girl. I really do think I'm that bitch. So it's hard for me when I look at myself and I'm like, you're not, you're not acting like that girl right now. Okay. 
it's lacking. It's lacking. It's not giving. <laughs> it's not giving. That's hard for me. And I think especially as I've talked about before on this podcast, can't remember when, but I know that I have, when I dropped out of high school and I was struggling trying to get my high school diploma and then my GED and I was, God, I was so mad at myself and I was nasty to myself during this time in my life. Like, and this was very private. Nobody knew, nobody knew how nasty I was to myself in my brain when I didn't graduate. I was not being nice to myself at all in the slightest. And I really didn't talk about this with my friends at all because I was humiliated by it and very ashamed. And I lived with that in my head for a long time. And what made it worse is every adult in my life, anytime they had the chance to talk to me, would just belittle me and degrade me about these things. And I was already being really, really mean to myself in my head about them. Like I didn't really need to hear that. It wasn't helpful at all. If anything, it was more damaging, and I think it made it harder for me to get my GED hearing that stuff because I was already thinking it and hearing somebody say it to me out loud made it real. So maybe a pro tip for anybody out there actively dealing with a situation like that. Maybe just shut the fuck up. Okay. Anyways, um, I have this fear that I'll never be great and I'll never do anything. And it's something that has really... kind of taken over me. I don't want to say taken over me because I don't feel like it fully has, but it's definitely come to light in my 20s and been a lot more terrifying. And what's the word I'm looking for here? Real, I guess. It's become more real that like, girl, if you don't do something, you're not going to do anything. Was that poetic or just dumb? I don't know. Um, But this year, to bring it all back, because I know you're like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? To bring it all back, this year, when I sat down to make my quarterly goals and to make my resolutions, I was really coming up short. I was looking at everything I had accomplished and I was kind of amazed by it because, yeah, I'm not good at playing the piano. I know a couple of songs. I don't really know piano chords, though. And if you handed me a sheet of music... I could play it with the keys, but I don't know any chords, if that makes sense. And it doesn't. (laughs) If you don't play music, you have no fucking clue what I just said. Um, But anyways, have I gone to therapy? No. That didn't happen. Did I teach myself a whole nother language? No. And to be fair, kind of fucking hard. I can barely speak English. But that being said, there's a lot that I have done. I mean, I got my GED there were years of my life where I wanted to die because I did not think I would ever do that. And that's crazy. And not only did I get my GED, I went to college. This time last year, I was basically unemployed. I have a whole ass career now. Is my career perfect? No. I'm still a newbie. I'm still a beginner. I'm not even a year deep into doing it. But I have a career, bitch. But I got one though. And I don't know, I'm just like, even stuff like running, I really, really, really miss running, you guys. Any time where I'm feeling overwhelmed or mentally ill, I'm always like, I would love to go for a run right now. And my body is just not there yet, and I know it's not. I'm still feeling very injured, but I miss it. But even that, 
I can't be too sad about because I was a runner. I used to run five miles a day. I did conquer that technically. I didn't stick with it, but I did conquer it at one point in time. And yeah, I've gained weight and I'm injured and I'm very out of shape right now, but there was a time in my life where I had never gone through a workout phase, where I had never lost almost 100 pounds, where I had never gone down an over 10 pant size. And I did that shit. Like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I get so down on myself because I feel like I can do all of this stuff, but then I get in my head about it and I'm like, no, you can't. You haven't proved that you can do anything. And I'm not feeling like that about myself right now. I feel like I have proved that I can do a lot. And furthermore, living is a lot. And it's really fucking hard, especially for a girl who never wanted to. I wanted to die when I was 17. I never wanted to be an adult. I never wanted to do any of this stuff. I did not want to have to find a career. I did not want to learn another language. I did not want to be alive. I didn't want to find another career. I didn't want to make money. I didn't want to have to take care of anything. I keep a living being alive on a daily basis. And let me tell you something, he is not easy to keep alive. Okay. Amethyst is a hot fucking mess. (laughs) Love that boy to death. He has allergies. He has itchy skin. He has to take allergy medication. He has ear problems. He is the clumsiest bitch I know. He is constantly hurting himself. I can't tell you how many times I've taken him to the vet because he's hurt himself doing absolutely nothing. He's ripped two of his toenails out for no reason been scared of the clippers. I had to get a nail grinder. I had to do a million different things to try to figure that out. Like caring for him is a full-time job, bitch. And I do it well. And that's how I'm feeling right now. I feel like I've accomplished stuff and I'm trying to really bask in it and really enjoy it because this is a serious problem that I have with myself where I feel like I'm not shit and I can't accomplish things. And it's such a lie. It's such a lie. And I don't know why I'm so mean to myself and I make myself feel that way. So even though I just spent the whole week at home, not working and like thinking to myself, like, you really need to make money this year, girl. We got big goals. We need a consistent income. Maybe you should get a second job. I also just, I can't be mean to myself. I can't be critical and I can't be angry because I'm proud of myself. Okay. I'm a little proud of myself. I am. I am. I'm feeling proud of myself right now and I'm trying to really bask in that emotion because I don't feel that way very often. (laughs) Very, very seldomly. So I'm trying to enjoy every second of it. And I am in this strange where like position in life that I feel like I'm often in where I'm sad and I'm happy. And those two things can coexist. They can. There's so much that I want to do There's so much more that I want out of life. There's some things that I think about that make me genuinely sad, but also in the same breath, I'm very proud of myself and I've done a fuck ton. I've done a lot more than I ever thought I would. I've accomplished things I never thought I would do. Even stuff as small as like, I went and bought a car by myself with no cosigner and with no help. Nobody came with me and was telling me you're getting fucked over right now or whatever. I had to figure that out on my own and I did. I got car insurance by myself. I can do hard things and that might not seem like a hard thing to some people but for a person who never wanted to be an adult doing annoying tedious adult things like that and doing them well is such a big accomplishment it's such a big accomplishment so I don't give a fuck what you think (laughs) you can sit there and be like that's not that hard it is for me it is for me okay my ambivalent nature is frustrating to me most of the time but I'm really embracing it at this current moment, and I'm not mad at it. Moving on, 
let's talk about art for a second, okay? Let's talk about my favorite subject. Where do I want to start? So as you guys know, I started reading Little Women and (laughs) I got bored. (laughs) Don't kill me, but I am enjoying annotating it. I'm not over that, but I think because I want to annotate it so much, it's taking so long to read it and I got really bored. And listen, you guys, my reading goal for this year is 50 books, which is a realistic reading goal for me. Last year, I read 37 books and I really want to hit 50 at least, but in the back of my brain, I would like to read 100 books this year. I've always wanted to do it. Is it practical or smart? No. I really don't think it is. I feel like you should prioritize reading good books over reading short books really quickly. But that being said, I'm a Virgo. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I'm a Virgo, okay? And I desire to be one of those bitches that's like, yeah, I read 100 books in a year before. Mm -hmm, I've done that. Let me have my dream and don't stomp on it and ruin it right now, okay? So anyways, I can't afford to be in a reading slump. (laughs) I'm trying to read hella books and I felt like if I kept continuing with Little Women, it would take me forever to read it and could potentially put me in a reading slump because I also saw a lot of people saying that the movie was way better than the book, blah, 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 blah. I don't think I'm going to close it for good. I might. Right now, what I've been doing is reading other books and just like going back to it. I have it open on my desk with the sticky notes, with the highlighters, with everything I need. And I've been going back to it and just reading like a chapter at a time. And I would like to do that. I would like to just slowly work my way through it. Um, But if it gets to be too much, I will put it down because I have to prioritize not putting myself into a reading slump this year. I cannot afford to be in one. Okay. So that being said, I looked up cheap little books to read on Kindle Unlimited and I found two like short stories. One of them was really bad. It was like a smutty first date book and I hated every second reading it. And the first one that I read wasn't that great either. It wasn't horrible. I didn't hate every second reading it, but it wasn't great. And so then after those and after Little Women, I was like feeling myself slipping into a reading slump and I was like, girl, you got to read something good. So what did I do? I looked up, I was going to say my girl, not my girl. I looked up my favorite they, them, Penelope Douglas, and looked at their roster. I'm trying to find a book. If you don't know, Penelope Douglas wrote Trist Six Venom, which is one of my favorite sapphic novels. Not even, it is my favorite sapphic novel I've ever read. She also wrote The Devil's Night series, which is one of my favorite series of all time. I love that series. And I feel like with Penelope Douglas, you either love their work or you hate it. The girlies that get it, get it. The girlies that don't, don't. Um, Sir, that being said, I looked them up on Kindle and I was like, they've got a lot of books I haven't read, which kind of shocked me. But I don't know why because I've, (laughs) anyways, that's not the point. That's not the point. I'm getting off topic again. I'm very ADHD in the middle of the night. I looked them up. I found a book called The Falls, The Falls Boys. I can't, you know what it is. I said it at the beginning of the episode. I'll have it in the show notes if you really care that much. And I think it's a spinoff of 
her other really popular series because she has two series that are very popular it's devil's night and one other one which i think is like i don't know i'm not even going to try to guess what they're called because i don't know and i'm pretty sure the falls boys whatever book i just read is the spinoff no it's pissing me off i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't mean to come on here and be such a fucking virgo but that those are just the cards i was dealt the universe wanted me to be a Virgo, and I'm a Virgo, and I have to find the title right now, or it's going to piss me off. Okay, so yes, the title of the book I just read is called Falls Boys by Penelope Douglas, and apparently they're turning that into its own series because it says Hellbent number one, so I guess it's going to be a new series, uh, the Hellbent series, whatever, and it's a spinoff of the Fallaway series. So the Fallaway series is their other books that I have not read. So all of that is to say you can read Falls Boys without reading the Fallaway series because I have not read the Fallaway series. And I did enjoy the book. It did what it needed to do. It's not my favorite book by them, but because obviously like what can top the Devil's Night series and try Six Venom? Nothing. Nothing. But I did really like it. And I will go back to the Fallaway series if I need to. Is that what it's called? I'm already like... <laughs> Am I fucking it up again? No, the Fallaway series. I'm keeping that in the back of my head for a rainy day during this book challenge. Um, although Penelope Douglas is not the best to read when you're trying to read several books in a year because their books are kind of longer. Anyways, besides the point, I enjoyed that. I read the whole entire thing in two days. I think it was a little over 500 pages and I'm feeling ready to read a good book. I think I'm going to read tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. I bought that book in Arizona and I've heard really good things. It's a five-star book for a lot of people on Book Talk, so I have high hopes for it. I am pretty confident it at least won't send me into a reading slump, but currently I am reading this book. Oh my god, I have to mentally prepare myself to speak on it because my body has a visceral reaction when I think about this novel. It's called Cockfight by Maria Fernanda Empurio. I hope I'm saying her name right. I literally hate being that bitch that doesn't say people's names correctly, but I'm dyslexic. Give me some slack. Anyways, last year I was minding my business on TikTok and I decided I'm gonna look up good short stories because I was kind of in a reading slump at this time and I really just wanted some instant gratification. I came across this video of this girl and every book that she recommended sounded very interesting and unlike anything I've ever read before. So I go on Amazon, I go on Barnes and Noble, I'm like looking up these books, I look on my Kindle, can't find most of them. And then I finally find three of them on Amazon, but they are taking forever to get here. It's like, you don't have the option to get this book in a day and you're definitely not getting it in two. You'll get it in like a month, a couple weeks. And I'm like, what the fuck? I go back to the girl's video. She did have an accent, but I didn't think much of it. And it said she lived in the Netherlands. So I'm a little confused because upon further investigation, all of the books that I got, I ended up getting three, are written by Hispanic authors. And I don't know that much about the other two, but I know that Cockfight, which is the one I'm currently reading, was originally in Spanish. It wasn't in English. It was written in Spanish and translated. Um, and I don't know 
how I didn't notice that because on the cover of it, it says translated from Spanish. So maybe read the cover, Jamie. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I was talking to Allie about it and she made me realize that it was originally in Spanish. All of this is to say though, this is the most disturbing book I have ever read. And this is coming from somebody who has read some nasty, vile shit, okay? I've read Monster Smut. I have. And that's not where I drew the line. But this book... Oh, I wish you could see my face right now. I wish you could see my face. There's tears in my eyes. I get tears in my eyes and I feel choked up trying to talk about this book. And I also have full body chills because this book is so deeply disturbing. It's on a different level of disturbing. It's a book of short stories, which I've never really, I'm not big on reading short stories. I can't say I've ever really done it. Well, I definitely have. But anyways, besides the point, I don't read short stories very often, but these ones are crazy, dude. They're crazy. And it started off slow. The very first, which trigger warning, this stuff literally makes me nauseous when I read it. So it's not pleasant to listen to. I'm not going to go super into detail, but trigger warning. Okay. You've been warned. The very first story is about this girl and she grew up in like an environment where they would like fight chickens all the time. Cockfighting. It's a thing in case you didn't know. And it's legal still in some places. And she was taken, she was abducted and trying to be sold to this group of guys who would like use her for her money or her status or whatever. And instead of getting put in that horrible situation where she would most definitely be tortured and probably R-worded, if you know what I'm saying, whenever they ripped the bag off of her head to like sell her to these men, she pissed herself and shit herself and acted like a freak, essentially acted like she had lost her marbles to get herself out of the situation and it worked. They tossed her out into the street because of it, because no one would bid on her. That's how it started. That's nothing serious. Okay. I read that and didn't blink. I didn't flinch. That's not that serious for me. I'm about halfway into this book now and do I even want to go here? I don't know if I can say this. Like, is this episode going to get taken down if I talk about what I'm reading? My mouth is filling up with saliva. Like, I'm actually, I actually want to vomit. Oh my god. I know I, I know I'm dramatic, you guys. I am. I am dramatic. I'm not being dramatic when I say I have to put this book down because I feel like I'm going to throw up when I read it. There's some serious incest some weird, dark, twisted stuff. Some nasty, gross, disgusting things going on in this book. I genuinely don't want to finish it, but I feel like I have to because again, I'm trying to read 100 books this year and it's only 121 pages or something like that. It's a very short book and I'm more than halfway done with it. So it's like, I have to just finish it. But I hate every second of reading it. I'm so deeply disturbed. I don't read it when I know that I need to eat in a couple of hours and I wait until after I have ate 
Like, I will wait a few hours after eating to read it because I'm scared if I eat, if I, <laughs> I can't speak English. I'm scared if I eat and then read this book, I'll vomit. I'll throw up because I'm not kidding. I'm not, I know, I know I'm dramatic. I'm not kidding. This book makes me nauseous. It makes me feel like I really, really will vomit. I am deeply disturbed. I have full body chills right now, by the way. I'm deeply disturbed by this book in a way that I really thought nothing could disturb me. I watched Saltburn and didn't blink. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say other than I am bothered. <laughs> I am seriously, seriously bothered by this book. And I'm trying my hardest to finish it because I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And I know the other two books won't be as bad, but Allie looked into it. I think Allie's going to read it because she said there could be an issue with its translation and I could definitely see that. And Allie, in case you didn't know, she speaks Spanish. So she found the Spanish version on Kindle Unlimited. It was free on Kindle Unlimited. If you read it in Spanish, the English version is not free. Um, so she's going to read it. And maybe there was just like a problem with its translation, but honestly, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. You guys, I really don't think so. Okay, I have to stop talking about it right now. I have to move on. I need to move on. I've got to read the Crescent City books. I'm starting to realize that if I don't and TikTok spoils it for me, I'm going to be deeply upset, especially because... Sarah J. Mass herself said that you have to read Akatar before reading Crescent City 3. And listen, Akatar, y'all know, Akatar is my baby. That, that series is everything to me. And if my babies are going to be in Crescent City 3 and somebody spoils on TikTok what happens in it, I might start a war. It might be World War 3. So I really just need to go ahead and read that for my own mental health. And I know that. I'm going to order the books. I'm going to order them. And I need to find a way to pre-order Crescent City because when I looked on Amazon, it didn't have the option to pre-order it anymore. Or maybe it's just because I really want it in paperback and I don't think you can pre-order the paperback. So I might just have to suck it up and get the hardcover. But I hate hardcover books. Unpopular opinion? Maybe. But who wants a hardcover novel? Not me. And I hate that most of the time when a book is new and freshly coming out, they don't even offer a paperback. I don't want a hardback novel. I don't, especially with Crescent City. Those books are 800 pages plus. When you have a super, super big book and it's a hardback, no, that's the worst. If a book is going to be over 500 pages, I need it to be flimsy. I need to be able to throw that bitch around. I don't want a hardcover. That's deeply unsettling to me. But besides the point, I got to read that. And I know I do. I'm just, I don't know. Sarah J. Mass books ruin my life. So I'm dreading it a little bit. I'm not even going to lie to you. I am. Can we talk about Saltburn now? Y'all, I loved Saltburn. I did. I still think about it. I loved that movie. I thought it was so good. And it's crazy to me... <sighs> 
I've seen this on TikTok, so I know I'm not the first person to say this. This is not an original thought at all. But the book community has said over and over again, we were not grossed out by the scenes y'all were grossed out by because we've seen worse in our books. And it's just so true. It's so, especially now that I'm reading Cockfight, I don't think I'll ever see anything that disturbs me ever again after reading this book. I'm so serious. This book, I'm scared it's going to mess with my brain chemistry. I have to stop thinking about it. Moving on. Back to Saltburn. I really love that movie. I'm sitting here like, did I talk about it? Maybe I did. I hope I didn't, but I'm going to talk about it again if I did. The grave scene didn't bother me. Bathtub scene didn't bother me. Period scene. <laughs> I was going to say kind of hot. And I feel like that's going to gross people out. But it was kind of hot. It was. And I'm going to I'm going to admit to it. And I think especially after hearing the director, I think her name's Greta, after hearing her talk about it, I'm going to stand by my statement that that was a hot scene because in case you didn't know, the whole reason she put that scene into the movie is because Oliver obviously is learning how to use and abuse these people. He's learning what they want, what they need out of somebody, and he's giving them that. And I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry, but Felix's sister, who he ate out while she was on her period, has a lot of issues with her body. She has an eating disorder, as we saw. She diminishes her value in every single way. She doesn't take good care of herself. Um, she puts herself in bad situations, all because she has this very low self-worth. And that was kind of the whole point of the period scene was to show her that there's nothing wrong with her body, even in its most natural form. There's nothing wrong with her. Every part of her is hot and sexy. That was the whole point of the period scene. And I, I really appreciated that scene. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Call me a freak if you want to. But especially after hearing Greta give that description, I was like, you know what? That is so valid. And he was so valid for that. <laughs> Am I a freak? <laughs> yes. Um, moving along, moving right along. I also started watching this show. It's called Atypical. And it's very, very PG, kind of corny in the way that like all TV shows are a little bit corny. But I really like it you guys i'm really enjoying this show i'm eating it up i love it i've binged i binged like three seasons in one day and then i started reading falls boys and i didn't watch tv for a while listen i'm trying to like tv and movies more but i will always be a book girly i will always put books above tv and movies okay sue me so i started reading that and i got a little off but I also found out that they're not making it anymore. The fourth season is the last season and I'm on the fourth season and I'm halfway through it. So I think that's also contributing to the fact that I don't really want to watch it because I know it's almost over and that is heartbreaking to me. I wish people would just not tell me that things are ended because the minute I know that it's going to be over, I can't. I can't. To this day, I have never watched the last episode of The Vampire Diaries. It is recorded from 2017. I remember the year on my mother's DVR in her living room. Never watched it. I know the ending. It's been spoiled to me, but I couldn't. The Vampire Diaries is like the first show that I stuck with. I stuck it out with Vampire Diaries. I watched everything. I kept up to date with that show. I loved that show. I could not watch that last episode. I couldn't. I couldn't. And I tried to rewatch it in 2019. I was committed to rewatching 
everything and I was going to finally watch the last episode. And then I realized that show is emotional torture. You can't watch a single episode without bawling your eyes out and wanting to die. No wonder I loved it as a teenager. I can't get myself to rewatch it. It's so, it really hurts my feelings. And I know, because I know what happens on that last episode. I know I'm going to want to die. So I just can't, how many times have I said I'm going to want to die in this episode? Take a shot every time I say that. Um, so yeah, I just, I can't, I can't do it. Okay. I can't. And I'm feeling that way with Atypical right now, but I know that I will finish it. I just really like it. I really, really enjoy it. The main character is autistic. His name is Sam. I love Sam. And you're kind of following him along on his journey. You see some other characters in there as well, but it's such a good show and I'm really loving it a lot and I'm sad that I'm almost done with it. There's one last thing I want to talk about today and I'm sure you guys are probably sick of hearing about it and I'm not gonna say what you think I'm gonna say, I don't think. What I want to talk about is the Golden Globes. I know, I know, that was hard to watch. I know, we're all cringing, I know. But I saw somebody saying that the joke made to Taylor Swift wasn't even that bad. It wasn't that big of a deal and she overreacted. And it kind of bothered me and I wanted to talk about this because was it a horrible, awful, evil, mean joke that he said about Taylor Swift? No. But I think the reason why it's so frustrating is because Taylor Swift is one of the most famous women to ever exist. She is. I'm not a Swifty, okay? I know two Taylor Swift songs, Cardigan and Seven. Those are the only two Taylor Swift songs I know. And then obviously I know, like, stuff that I hear on the radio. I hear that song about being a man on TikTok all the time. I know, like, little stuff like that. The only two songs I've ever really fully listened to are Cardigan and Seven. That's it. I'm not a Swifty, okay? But even I know that men are constantly constantly trying to tear this poor girl down. She cannot go to an award show without being harassed. It's insane. I've been watching it happen since I was a child. She can't do anything without a group of men harassing her. And I think that that is what is most frustrating about the Taylor Swift scenario. Because again, you can make the argument up and down all day long until you're blue in the face that what he said about her and the Chiefs game comment, whatever, wasn't that big of a deal. But one... She is getting a lot of shit for going to these football games to support her boyfriend because they're showing her on the screen, which is so ludicrous. It's not her fault that they're showing her and she has every right to go to her boyfriend's football game and enjoy her time there. And shame on you for trying to make it a bad experience for both of them. She's in love and she's happy. He's in love and he's happy. Let them just be happy and I don't know, shut the fuck up. Is that so hard? Yeah, apparently it is. She's already getting so much hate and so much shit from every country hillbilly football loving white man to make another joke about it is just insufferable, honestly. It's not funny and it's insufferable. But I think the deeper issue here, at least for me as somebody who's not a Swifty and like whatever, is the way that this girl literally cannot go anywhere without people talking shit to her. God forbid she goes to an award show and they just leave her alone. Why? <laughs> Why? Why do men feel the need 
to walk all over her and treat her like shit. I know why. I know the answer. But it's just, oh my god, it's insufferable to watch. It's insufferable to watch. And this, again, is coming from somebody who's not even, like, a huge fan of her. I feel so bad for her. And I see so much about her and, like, know a lot about her just because of these scenarios. Of how she cannot go anywhere without somebody treating her like shit. She's literally, the amount of times, look up videos of jokes people make about Taylor Swift at award shows. There's a shit ton of them. I know there is. I know there is because I've been seeing the same thing play out with her since I was a kid. Since I was a kid. I'm 26. And since I was a kid, I have seen her go be nominated for something because she's great and she's on top and she's popular and she's famous and she's good at what she does clearly because she's getting awards for it left and right. I see her be nominated for something that she should be able to enjoy and have a good time at and every single time she's the butt of a joke. Every single time. And that should be infuriating to you as a woman to watch that. It should. And so it's just been irritating for me to see women like talk shit and be like, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that mean of a joke. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that mean of a joke. You can make that argument. What's mean and annoying is that this girl can't breathe. She can't do anything. She can't do anything. She can't do anything. And that should piss you off. It definitely pisses me off. Again, as someone who's not even a Swifty, I'm mad for her. I really am. I really am. But anyways, guys, I'm going to end that. <laughs> I'm going to end this here. We're going to be done for the day. I feel like I was a little bit all over the place, but that's fine. It's almost two in the morning now. I'm allowed to be all over the place. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.